Hello? We are comic book keepers. You think you're the only comic book podcaster in the world, Mr. Daly? Uh, no, we're we're friends with a bunch of other comic book podcasts. You've become part of a bigger universe. You just don't know it yet. And who are you? I'm Jeremy Snow, director of the Geekly Grind. Oh, oh, hi, Jeremy. I'm here to talk to you about Nicholas J. Fury. Oh, okay, cool. comic book keepers where we talk about comic book characters their history and their impact on our lives i'm chris and i'm jeremy and today we're talking about nick fury agent of shield agent of shield resident ba just all around cool guy yeah as you'll come to yeah, find exactly and uh, of course uh welcome to my guest host for today Mr. Jeremy Snow of the Geekly Grind. That's me. That's me. Thank Lance you. Lance is uh, taking some time off uh, just for a couple of weeks. So um, I'll have some wonderful guest hosts joining me at the uh, Comic Book Keepers guest mic. Welcome back, Jeremy. You've been with us several times. Um, anything new that you want to talk about with the Geekly Grind? Any new projects? When this airs, I think it won't be quite as recent, but uh, we did start a new segment called uh, Collectible Consultants. So um, our very own uh Lance from uh, Comic Book Keepers joins me to open up some toys and uh, check out some cool stuff from Bandai Namco, who have um, graciously sent us over some toys to check out. So you can find that on our website uh, or on our YouTube channel. And other than that, you know, we're just kind of getting into the swing of convention season. So obviously Comic Con is right around the corner. I think it'll be right around the corner when this is when this is uh, airing. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's what's going on with the Geekly Grind right now. Excellent. Well, can't wait for convention season. I know that's always a lot of fun with you and and Lance. So we're going to definitely attend a few conventions this year, hopefully more than a few. And uh, but today, but today, now we are going to talk about a classic character in the canon of Marvel Comics, Nick Fury, and mm. not just one version of Nick Fury, but several versions of Nick Fury. Uh, yes. Are you ready to yes. get into Nick? Fury? This was interesting. This was this was a one of those characters that like, wow, this this guy really has a lot. Of a lot. History. There's a lot to dig into. Yeah. With, with Nick Fury. So I am yeah. I am more than ready. Let's do this. A little bit about Nick Fury. Uh, Nick Fury is a character appearing in Marvel Comics created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. Originally starting off as a war hero, Fury transitioned into a James Bond-like spy and eventually as the leader of Supreme Headquarters International Espionage Law Enforcement Division, or SHIELD. Well, that's quite a mouthful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, he often appears in many titles as an intermediary between the U.S. government and the superheroes. He's appeared in multiple animated and live action versions uh, and was an integral character in the formation of the Avengers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, you know, I think a lot of people recognize Nick Fury because of, of how he's pieced together this huge, the, the MCU, as we know. And we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. There also have been two versions of Nick Fury portrayed as two different races. And we'll talk about both of those. Yeah. It's weird to think that there's people that grew up with the MCU. Like they were born in the late nineties or, or early two thousands. They see Sam Jackson as Nick Fury and Iron Man. They're like, cool. And then they see this like white guy with, with, you know, graying temples with an eye patch and like, that's not Nick Fury. Wait, who is this guy in this like old retro comic? <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, uh actually <laughs> yeah so, actually let's let, let's go back to strange tales let's talk about some strange it, tales stuff. it's oh, we'll really get, I, that's probably the part that i'm most looking forward to talking about is just the creation of this alternate nick fury and how he's basically like with the power of sam jackson took mm -hmm. over as the main version of nick fury and marvel figured out a way to make it happen in the most bonkers ridiculous way but we'll get into that 
Uh, I'm going to talk about the 616, the main Marvel canon Nick Fury publication history. So in 1963, Sergeant Fury and his Howlin' Commandos started, and it ran for 120 issues. It's a long, it's a long time. I feel like yeah. that's a long time for like that period. Like you didn't really have have series that ran that long outside of like the mainstays like spider-man and stuff yeah and you don't really hear about i mean that's right around the same time as iron man and spider-man and fantastic four and and avengers and all these other ones but it's interesting that you still have this kind of war comic holdout from the 50s where they had a lot of war comics and crime comics and things like that or even the 40s really like when when war comics were big but you have you know stan lee and jack kirby is like hey we we hey Jack, we got to write ourselves. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, these are the real heroes. You know, I can right. just I can just see him kind of doing Jack's like, OK, OK, whatever. Um, so, but that kept going. And then eventually uh, we have Strange Tales 135, where in 1965. Uh, so and that's kind of where he changed from a World War Two hero to a spy like the ultra hot at the time, James Bond. And, and that's also where you have the formation of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah, and, 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 I, and I will note as the resident Doctor Strange fanatic, um, it you know in Strange Tales, right? Like the you know Doctor Strange was making some early appearances, right? Starting in mm-hmm. one ten, you know, yeah. and a few other issues here and there. And in one thirty five, you begin to see Doctor Strange and Nick Fury stories doubled up together, right? Oh, so it, you you get you get sort of like the Doctor Strange stories on the front end and the Nick Fury stories on the back end. Mm. Um, and it's it's interesting because it sort of blends uh, the sort of otherworldly cosmic superhuman narratives with Doctor Strange and then more of like you were saying, let's look at the traditional heroes, right? Let's take like a, like a spy story, like, like, look at, yeah, like yeah, intrigue exactly. and almost like a pulp novel, you know, and that's, it's a completely different kind of genre, but it's interesting that they paired those two together. Yeah. So um, I thought that was really interesting. You start yeah, seeing more of I those did. and you see them in the, in the bar in the top two in the, yeah. you know, um, the comic art in the top left, you see strange and Nick Fury and they shared that, that right. space on the comic cover for, for many, many issues. Yeah. It's an interesting pairing. Um, in 1968, Nick Fury, agent of shield, which only ran for 15 issues came out. And this was kind of the classic, Jim Steranko cover, which was all psychedelic and cool black and white contrasting hypnotizing lines, but just probably one of my favorite comic book covers ever, just because of how weird and out there it was and and how it's been uh, parodied a bunch of times, but it was a short lived series, but it was very important to the history of Nick Fury in terms of like what he is as a secret agent and, and the director of shield and everything like that. Then uh, he basically appears in various Marvel comics throughout the years. Um, there is a miniseries called Nick Fury versus Shield, where he kind of goes rogue. And then uh, the next one that prominently features Nick Fury is Secret Invasion, which is later in the 2000s. Um, after that, you have Dark Reign Secret Warriors, in which we find out that Fury had an affair with a woman who has a son with Fury named Marcus Johnson, later known as Nick Fury Jr., their way of getting the ultimate version of Fury into the 616. We'll go into that a little bit later, but that is an important publication history uh, nugget. And then for the original Fury, the last little kind of major storyline is Original Sin, where we find out that this serum that gives Fury long life, this longer life called the Infinity Formula, has run out of his system and he becomes an old man. And in investigating the death of the the watcher uatu he eventually realizes uh, he eventually is found out as he's the one that actually killed him because he's various reasons i'm not going to go into but <laughs> he but for good reasons like he, he was kind of looking out for stuff and uatu comes back and then he makes him this this new being called the unseen so he's kind of forced to watch the earth in silence and put together things but he ends up as the unseen uh, he puts together a new exiles team and eventually it's kind of cute. Cause like the <laughs> cute, it's a meat. Cute, cute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. it's, it's very, it's, it's pretty interesting. Cause like eventually Owatu like fury helps Owatu because Owatu is punished by the other watchers. 
to relive this loop in which he interfered with the original Fantastic Four, uh, this Warning is of Galactus, war, right? And then, this and is the then Reckoning Watchers, war, yeah. yeah, the Reckoning War, yeah. So the, the Reckoning War, I guess, would be the, the last thing. And Fury, as as the unseen, breaks him out and says, "Hey, it's okay," and and like I'll save you. And then they end up kind of working together to go on. So like the original Fury has been retired, but he becomes the unseen, but he's still around as this like you know omnipotent being which is crazy but yeah. that's he, that's our classic nicholas j fury so what about the ultimate nick fury yeah so ultimate nick fury has been involved in um you know ultimate uh, x-men ultimate spider-man um you know so with x-men for example um you know at a point the x-men were abducted they were imprisoned by the weapon x program um and you know basically uh, there was uh, a coup that was put together that that kept the Weapon X program from being dismantled, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and eventually Wolverine basically asks Fury for help. Um, and so this is sort of like Nick Fury helping out the X-Men in sort of the early Ultimate uh, timeline. Uh, and then in the Ultimate Spider-Man world, Nick Fury is actually kind of like uh, a bit rough around the edges. And he and he meets Peter Parker and he tells him basically straight up that because of his illegal genetically altered status, that he's going to become the property of S.H.I.E.L.D. when he turns 18 <laughs> uh, because of everything that's going on with him and everything. And, you know, eventually he threatens to remove uh, Peter Parker's powers and things like that. But basically, uh, eventually he... Uh, Fury is convinced to let him keep his powers and he apologizes to Peter. Um, and, you know, basically he's saying in his line of work, he's been trained to expect someone in Peter's position to crack under stress and basically, you know, respects him for being able to maintain the mantra of, you know, having great responsibility with great power. Right. I think that's what he's all about. Since then, Fury sort of evolved through the kind of various ultimate reincarnations taking on Hydra, forming the, uh, howling commanders or reforming the, uh, uh, Howling Commandos again, um, which is the original run that started off, you know, yeah. Fury and everything in the and, Ultimates. Yeah. So it's like a like a modern take. Yeah, they kind of like Commandos. re they kind of like revamp that, and then right, uh, right. and then yeah, going and then leading into Secret Wars. So, um, but yeah. but also with the Ultimates, like that 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 was the other main one he was in, right? Like is the Ultimates is their version of the Avengers, but they're just known as the Ultimates, and and he's definitely in that. So I I like how Fury and the Ultimate, who is very much based on uh, Sam Jackson, which which we'll talk about in, in, a, in a little bit in uh, the origin. Um, but I like how he's this kind of big brother, like you kind of like him, you kind of don't like him, like <laughs> it, very much the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. It, you know, they, they mention his history and they show he has history with Wolverine and World War Two and stuff like that. So uh, the one thing the Ultimate Universe did well in a very short, compact amount of time is they took a lot of these stories and made a very coherent timeline where uh, things from, you know, the past led into the current thing and, and the current timeline and stuff like that. So stuff like that we found out later about Wolverine and the main universe and his backgrounds and everything like that, you just find out in flashback, like it's told in a, you don't have to buy all these like miniseries and stuff like that, which that's one kind of nice thing with the Ultimates that they did well. Like you mentioned some of Wolverine's key canon storyline be kind of being in the flashbacks of Nick Fury. There's also obviously Steve Rogers uh, yeah. and Captain America very yeah, closely yeah. intertwined with Nick Fury's early days. Uh, and so, for example, like in Secret Warriors, one of the one of the first scenes is basically Fury remembering storming Normandy, <laughs> like storming yeah. the beaches of Normandy with Steve Rogers yeah. at the helm, like like, hey, boys, like you're ready to go and make history, uh, that sort of thing. And it, it's really cool to because this was after uh, Captain America was assassinated um, at the end of uh, Secret Invasion and everything. Uh, and so it's it's just really interesting that kind of carrying thread of what happens to old soldiers, right? Like, right. you know, like how do you keep old soldiers in the storyline and kind of Nick Fury is sort of abrasive, you know, getting the job done, you know, kind of tactician strategist mentality and, and folding in all those old stories. It's really cool. Well, speaking of all of these tying in and old soldiers, let's talk about the origin of 
uh, Nick Fury. Nicholas Joseph Fury was born in New York City in the 1920s in Hell's Kitchen, also the eventual home to Daredevil. He was the eldest of three children. His father, Jack Fury, fought in World War I as a highly decorated combat aviator. His siblings include Jacob Jake Fury and his sister Dawn. His mother was mysteriously unnamed. Originally an amateur boxer in New York City, Nick joins the International Brigades and travels overseas to fight in the Spanish Civil War in 1937. After he returns to America, he and friend Red Hargrove start a daring wing walking and parachuting act. Wing, yeah, wing walking. So wing walking. Oh, sorry, daring wing walking. It's like I've never heard of that. Is that like walking on the wings of airplanes? It's like you know, like the the biplanes and the planes where you're you're basically kind of holding on. You're like walking on the wing. Oh, and that's it's, cool. It's the stunt planes <laughs> where they go around in a loop and stuff. Like very big in the 40s and 30s. You know? Okay, okay. Uh, well. So that's like before the war. It's like, what are we gonna do? Hey, let's do a stunt act. Yeah. War. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Uh, cool. So wing walking and parachuting act. So this catches the attendant of Lieutenant Samuel Happy Sam Sawyer, who's training with the British commandos. He enlists Fury and Red for a special mi- mission in the Netherlands. Fury and Red join the army together and are stationed at Pearl Harbor when it's bombed. Fury survives, but his pal Red does not. Uh-oh. Happy Sam Sawyer now a captain, assigns Fury his own squad of U.S. Army Rangers who are awarded the honorary title of Commandos by Winston Churchill after their first mission. They are nicknamed the Howling Commandos and stationed at a military base in the United Kingdom to fight in specialized missions. And that's where Fury and the, and the Howling Commandos come from. So, so this was really interesting because the Howling Commandos and Nick Fury is, is kind of a British you know, special troop. It's like a secret troop of, from the British allies, but, but the howling commandos and it says they're a U.S. What is it? Ranger organization. Yeah. U S army Rangers. Yeah. But they get it. They get the title from Churchill, which is the title from Churchill or or maybe just, you know, he, he makes them a formal unit says like, Oh, good job there. And then, but the actual howling commandos and even from the first incarnation are, sort of an international group. And this is kind of cool from Stan and, and Jack, you know, Stanley and Jack Kirby to make this, there's like, there's an Italian guy, there's an African American, there's, there's a dumb, dumb Dugan. Weirdest names that, but it's very Stanley. It's like, dumb, dumb Dugan. Hey, you know, yeah. the old guy. Uh, and, and, and daring, dumb, dumb, daring Dugan or daring, whatever. Daring, dumb, dumb. And then like, there's the young guy that's the get into the explosives. And then there's the like, and you, see these characters like in captain america the first avenger the movie and they they show the howling commandos like how from from there and it's kind of neat to see like some of those characters and uh yeah it's just it's just interesting like i didn't know i thought it was just all like u.s you know like it's all american but it's very much an international war team which is kind of interesting and and again i feel like that kind of goes back to like war has a sort of universal experience right yeah. like it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter if you're an old soldier from britain or australia yeah, or like yeah. you know the sort of like international coalition that that fury builds and is a part of it's like they all had this similar experience that is war yeah. right and what and, and, yeah. and the war and doing the dirty deeds for their country that they are loyal for right so yeah even in the first splash page when we first see fury he's just one of one of several of these dudes and they're all kind of like just hanging out in their army fatigues like hey you know and it kind of has a little word bubbles that point to each one of them and kind of what their thing is and uh by the way the early drawings of fury <laughs> all respect to jack kirby but fury looks really rough he's got this big old mouth like <laughs> just, uh-huh, and yeah. <laughs> maybe it's the book he wasn't really spending a lot of time on but like he, yeah. he is not the dashing super spy that he eventually becomes in a few years later. He is a yeah. rough looking grunt. <laughs> well, and again, and again I mean, like Kirby was busy, right? We got, we'll give the man some he grace. Busy. <laughs> he was putting out pages and pages and pages of comics yeah. at the time. But, yeah. You want me to draw like how many soldiers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. This is, this I, guy's I, mouth I, is no, going to no, look no. like I this. Mean, yeah. Just, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
so they fought through World War II in countries like France, Greece, Holland, uh, Belgium. Uh, at one point, they also fought alongside Captain America, which you mentioned earlier. Uh, they also fought alongside the Invaders, the original Android Human Torch, Cap, uh, Namor, Bucky Barnes, and Toro, the sidekick to the Human, cor- human Torch. At some point, Fury and his team would also work alongside James Howlett, who would later become Wolverine. Now, this wasn't revealed until later in Wolverine's origin comic series, much, much, much later. But it's kind of interesting to see like how they tied that into the original Nick Fury timeline. Now, one of the big questions that people have is why does Fury wear an eye patch or how did he get to wear an eye patch? Well, in the main Marvel continuity, you know, in in the MCU, he's scratched by a cat. (laughs) So but an alien cat, a flurkin, if you will. But but this is not the MCU in the original version. It's much more of a terrifying uh, instance. He was protecting his men and he caught a grenade and threw it back. And uh, unfortunately, it exploded and permanently damaged Fury's left eye, uh, eventually taking him out, uh, reducing him to 90 percent of his vision was was removed in that eye. So he didn't remove the eye, though. He kept it in and some mostly he just wore the patch, but he wanted to have it for at least like when he had to use like spy mission stuff later, he would just put in contacts and and uh, kind of be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally normal. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see um, a later later Fury was in a landmine explosion with left him like a quote unquote jigsaw puzzle. The doctor, Professor Sternberg saved him using a prototype called the infinity formula, slowing down his aging process to a crawl. And that's how he has long life aging process. Fury went on to work for the CIA and OSS, which led him eventually to become the public director of shield. It's awesome. Yeah. And the, and the infinity formula, like it, it was a, it was a prototype for the formula, the super soldier serum, wasn't it? Like, or, or, or an offshoot of that. I think I was reading I, that, or, or, or they used it, something no, I similar think that was to after, I think it was after um, because it was the Dr. Erskine who would have died by then. It, but they weren't able to do it. So it, it could have been something like maybe like, Oh, we're trying to make it, you know, here's another scientist that's trying to make something that will help you live. It, it does give him super strength, but it's not like it's not as powerful as the super serum. So maybe it was right, just like, right, here's right. a portion of it that can extend your life. But there are some consequences to it that we find out later. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he has to yeah. have regular injections. And, you know, if not, he's just going to rapidly age. So so it's not a perfect solution, but it did give him, you know, it did give him a lease on life for quite a few decades. Yeah, for a for a bit longer. Now, um, how about the ultimate version of Nick Fury? What's what's his sort of origin? So, Ultimate Nick Fury—that's his actual legal name, Ultimate Nick. Fury. <laughs> right. uh, uh, Nick Fury was born in Huntsville, Alabama, and fought in World War II. Uh, Ultimate Fury was also a heavyweight champion boxer in the army. So, during an invasion of Sicily, he and paratrooper. James Hallett were captured by a military police as they were looting a house. They were held captive and used as test subjects for a serum called Project Rebirth, which gave Fury super strength. Fury escaped, going to college in India and eventually joining S.H.I.E.L.D. For his first act as director, he resurrected the super soldier Captain America, leading to the formation of the Ultimates. Might sound familiar to some. Now, the 616 Marvel Nick Fury was white, but in the 2002 Marvel comic Ultimates, writer Mark Miller and artist Brian Hitch made him into a black guy who looked like Samuel L. Jackson, and they did it without the actor's permission. Yeah, this is my favorite part of the story. They're just like, (laughs) now you got to you got to remember at this point, Marvel was coming out of bankruptcy in the late 90s. They weren't doing too well. This is before the MCU. They tried this ultimate line as like, hey, maybe we should just retell restart everything. And, you know, they were just like, hey, let's just let's just try something crazy. Like, let's, let's make Nick Fury this cool, this cool dude. Who's the coolest dude right now? The, the you know, the baddest dude. And it's it's Samuel L. Jackson. So they just made him look like 
uh, Samuel L. Jackson. And, and Miller shared uh, some insight on the way he and Hitch made him look like Samuel L. Jackson. So this is a quote from Miller. I wanted an African-American Nick Fury to be director of S.H.I.E.L.D. because the closest thing in the real world to this job title was held by Colin Powell at the time. I also thought Nick Fury sounded like one of those great 1970s black exploitation names. So the whole thing coalesced for me into a very specific character, an update of the cool American super spy Jim Steranko had done in the 70s and based on the Rat Pack, which seemed very 1960s and due for some kind of update. Sam is famously the coolest man alive, and both myself and artist Brian Hitch just liberally used him without any kind of permission. You have to remember this was 2001 when we were putting this together. The idea that this might become a movie seemed preposterous as Marvel was just climbing out of bankruptcy at the time. What we didn't know was that Sam was an avid comic fan and knew all about it. I'll have to to cut (laughs) out some of that other stuff. I, I, it was part of the quote. So, so Jackson said in a 2012 interview later uh, with the LA times that he contacted Marvel after seeing his likeness in the comic. And he asked for a part in an eventual movie. They were like, yeah, we are planning on making movies and we hope that you'll be a part of them. So how did Jackson feel about having his likeness with used without permission in an interview with business insider, Miller said that what eventually, when he finally met the actor on the set of Kingsman, The Secret Service, this is Miller's quote. The first thing I said was, I hope you don't mind me completely exploiting your appearance in my book 13 years back. And he said, F no, man. Thanks for the nine picture deal. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's totally fair. I mean, it just happened to work out very, very well. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if Sam Jackson called him was like, what are you using my likeness for? You got to change this. Like, and, yeah. and just all of a sudden it was like, uh-oh. <laughs> but yeah. luckily he was cool with it. And it was like, cool. Hey, you're going to make a movie? Maybe think about me if you do that. And they did. And boy, that was, that was just whew, like, it was fake, such a good, man. Such a good it, idea. It just kicked off everything. It was, it was iconic. Right. So even, yeah. even in the Ultimates comics, there's a panel where they're all kind of sitting around the Ultimates and Fury's like, oh, if it was me, it would be Samuel L. Jackson would play me. You know, like <laughs> he kind of mentions it at that same table. They're also saying like, oh, um, you know, uh, what, what is it? Captain America would play by Brad Pitt and uh-huh. um, Banner would be played by uh, Steve Buscemi. You know, like oh, none gosh. of the other yeah. casting choices happened. But uh, I think Lucy Liu is the wasp and, you know, like all these all these different like things that like none of the other ones happened. But Sam Jackson was the one that happened. All right. So uh, various names and aliases for Nick Fury. Of course, he's a spy. So you would assume that he has many, many. These are just a few. Uh, Nicholas Joseph Fury, Scorpio, Gemini. I'm a Gemini, so I dig that. And the Unseen uh, are just a few of his aliases. His powers and abilities include slow aging due to the Infinity Formula, skilled armed and unarmed combatant in Taekwondo, boxing, and Jiu-Jitsu. He is a brilliant tactician, leader, and strategic analyst, uh, and has access to high-tech weapons and vehicles. Just uh, the craziest weapon, like any anything you could imagine, they have some sort of crazy weapon. It's imagine, imagine like James Bond, like yeah. like dialed up to twelve. Like it's yeah. you know things that cost like a mil- millions of dollars to use for like ten seconds, etc. Right. I uh, mean, the helicarrier was 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 incepted was thought of in the sixties. So yeah. they're coming up with all these like, hey, this is a cool thing that I've got, and like we need a cool invention. It's like shield had that yep. yeah which is which is cool uh affiliations include shield howling commandos united states army rangers oss cia the great wheel and team white uh from secret warriors uh, <laughs> I think it's weird it's called team white that's it, <laughs> it i mean yeah there's there's more to that uh yeah. supporting characters include clay quartermain dum dum dugan Phil Coulson, Maria Hill, Uatu the Watcher, and Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. And okay, two two of those I want to mention from from his original six one six version. So Clay Quartermain early on in in uh, 
in the 60s was another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that dies and kind of sets the original like spy version of a fury into motion like what he died like i I, i've got to fight for him like he's the he's the 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 red uh he's that he's that same the kind of idea from the what's his name red something that we mentioned earlier uh from the war right um a red hardgrove so clay quartermain which is a great name it's like kind of like alan quartermain from the league of extraordinary gentlemen um and and he dies you know and and so he's kind of like oh that's too bad and then you might remember or recognize the name valentina allegra de fontaine which is famously right now played by julia louis dreyfus is kind of like a successor to uh sort of the the anti nick fury and and we've seen her show up in phase four and now phase five of of the mcu and we haven't seen the last of her you know she i think she's a scroll but you know we'll we'll see but (laughs) or at least she is definitely putting together the evil avengers the thunderbolts team like she's definitely behind that because we've seen her recruit right Mm -hmm. so but but in the original nick fury agent of shield run she was an agent of shield a younger woman and sometimes love interest of Nick Fury and kind of, you know, working alongside him and doing like agent things. So she was, you know, and it, it, later on, interestingly, she tries to like get secrets and kind of be a double agent and things like that. So she has, they kind of made her into a little bit of, you know, this kind of mystery character and eventually kind of changed her character and everything. But that's, that's how originally how she started is this, you know, other secret agent. Yeah. And I, I think it'd be very interesting to see. Uh, first of all, I think Julie Louis Dreyfus is a fantastic casting for Valentina. I think she's great so far in everything that we've seen her in. Um, but I'm really curious, especially following secret invasion, how closely they stick to the story, because there are some very interesting things uh-huh. in the canon yep. um, for her, if that's the case. But um antagonists for fury include of course hydra baron wolfgang von strucker arnim zola baron helmet zero uh madam hydra and then uh some life life model decoys and the punisher among others so i mentioned the punisher because the punisher actually there's a storyline where the punisher kills nick fury but then we find out it's a life model decoy. And so the life model decoys are both a blessing and a curse with Nick Fury because they're involved in shield and a big part of the shield storylines even featured in the, there's a whole season where they featured in the agents of shield TV show, but life model decoys were also used against him. But Fury, as he got older uh, with this serum running out also used the, the LMDs as a way of standing in for him. And several times, <laughs> Fury was seemingly killed, but then he was like, ah, nope, just a life model decoy. <laughs> just just kidding. <laughs> such a such a like tease, like, oh nope, never mind. It's a life model decoy. It's the old it's the old life model decoy trick. The, 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 old, the old soap opera trick. Like it was what a if, lifestyle decoy. Oh gosh, what if what what if Uncle Ben was a life model decoy? Well, they wouldn't oh, do that. Gosh. Anyway, but uh, now that's a canon event. (laughs) Yeah, that's a canon event. Um, We are not going to go into the archives for this one because we have done that before. Sergeant Nicholas J. Fury was created by the iconic duo of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. As we've mentioned in our second episode, the Spider-Man episode, we talked about Stan the Man Lee. So go back and listen to that. And our 17th episode, we talk about Black Panther and we talk about Jack Kirby. So go back and listen to that. Uh, as our guest, uh, why don't you talk about what what would you recommend? There's a lot of stuff to read. We've, we've talked about the publication history. What would be kind of a quintessential reading for Nick Fury? Um, I think that I... I I think secret warriors is my number one pick. Um, And so uh, for those who are unfamiliar, secret warriors takes place right after secret invasion. Um, And basically shield is a mess. Norman Osborn has taken over as director of national security, dissolved shield uh, made a big mess of things. It created a new group called hammer, 
which is also <laughs> a ridiculous acronym, uh, which is just basically made up of bad guys. Um, and so it's all a mess. And Nick Fury has to kind of clean it up by bringing in a team that he sort of kept off the books. And you begin to appreciate through both Bendis and Hickman, because it starts off with Bendis and then Hickman kind of takes the reins and, and yeah. runs with it. Uh, and, and here you start to see some of that trademark Hickman world building uh, in those earlier years um, before he takes over for X-Men and turned Krakoa into oh, that big old thing that gosh. it did. Um, I know there's wheels within wheels. Um, absolutely. And that was a reference to Avengers too. Uh, but it's a fantastic run because you get to see Nick Fury as, you know, the, the, the soldier, the strategist, and just sort of like playing 4d chess with all these various players you have valentina you have all these hydra folks who are coming back baron von strucker is there and you know um and then you get introduced to a new organization called leviathan that's at war with hydra and it just turns into a big thing uh and but it you know along the way um you get to really appreciate just how much Fury has prepared for every possible contingency. Um, yeah. He kind of approaches Batman levels of like preparedness and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, like plans and counter military strategic Batman. Like he, he is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but, and you also get a glimpse of the, you know, sort of his calloused nature when it mm-hmm. comes to like his loyalty um, and his, commitment to the mission so i was i was briefly chatting with you uh with you about this earlier right chris like there's a point in the story where there are former shield members who went over to hammer right they're part of like basically the rival organization now uh and they're gonna have to go to war with them they're gonna have to fight them and probably have to kill a lot of them and one of his colleagues says hey like these these guys had families to think about they had to make hard choices like what are you going to feel putting a bullet into one of these men who used to report to you. And he said, recoil. That's it. Like, <laughs> it's hard. Like, it's just, That's hard. <laughs> it's just cold blooded, man. Like oh. I read that. And I was like, dang. Don't, don't so cross fury. He will not forgive you. <laughs> he won't. He really won't. So uh, it's a fantastic run. Um, I would highly recommend it. I don't, I mean, definitely if you have read, secret invasion and kind of are familiar with the major plot points of the early two mm-hmm. thousands leading up to that. It's helpful, but even yeah. still you can kind of jump in and be like, Oh shoot, this person's back. Oh shoot. Like this person's not supposed to be here. So you can kind of piece together bits of it. Um, they are reprinting it in an omnibus format pretty soon. So oh, if you okay. want to get it all together in a, in a single story, you can do that or Wait for secret um, warriors omnibus. Yeah, you can get the Secret Warriors Omnibus, or of course, if you have the Marvel um, uh, Unlimited app, I believe it's yeah. all on there too. You can go and read it digitally. So yeah, and right now they're they're putting a lot of the they, Marvel Unlimited has this whole format called um, Infinity Comic, is what they're called on Marvel Unlimited. It's basically just like a vertical scroll version of of the comics, and they're redoing the original secret invasion run as an infinity comic. And so you can kind of go through that. Um, and then, yeah, they just did a, uh, 2022, 2023 secret invasion with the kind of new Nick Fury and, in Marvel six one six and Maria Hill and everything, which may lead into the TV show that we're going to mention a little bit later, which is secret invasion. And it prominently stars Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Um, as, as the main character. Yeah. So that, that would be my, uh, secret warriors would be my suggestion. Also, I've heard (laughs) uh, really good things about Nick Fury versus shield, which you mentioned briefly earlier as well. Uh, I heard that was a great run also. So, um, those would be, those would be on my pull list. What about yours, Chris? Yeah. I mean, I, I really wanted to recommend something from the ultimates line because I really like that, version of nick fury that so many of us know that so many people know kind of the 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 version based on sam jackson and um but i think you know so like my sort of first recommendation would just be the ultimates volume one and and maybe volume two which is homeland security um because while it's not solely about nick fury it definitely features him and kind of a lot of the original avengers 
movie was inspired by moments of how that series plays out right so you have that character you have these these characters that that come together and it's just it's kind of cool to see that however if you're just interested in nick fury as a character i would have to say uh a recommendation would be marvel masterworks nick fury agent of shield volume one which is kind of a culmination of his appearances in strange tales tales of suspense and even fantastic four so um, there's also a omnibus, which I think is cool, called Shield, the Ultimate Collection, and it collects a lot of uh, Agents of Shield. It collects stuff all about kind of Shield in the 60s and 70s, which is kind of cool. And it's also an omnibus and it has a lot of Nick Fury in there as well. But it but it also kind of talks about his it just shows the whole like Shield history and, and all the different Shield characters and books and stuff like that, because it's not just Fury, it's. You've got Maria Hill, you've got Val, you've got Dum uh, <laughs> Dum Dugan, you've got all these other characters that it's kind of neat to see like how some of the characters that eventually we see in the MCU are based on these characters that have been around for quite a while. You know, and then you have characters yeah. like Phil Coulson, who isn't part of the M- or isn't part of the comics until he was added to the MCU and then they brought him into the main continuity, which is interesting. So like, it's just fascinating just seeing how some of these characters come around and, and you know, the, the original versions of them and, and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, it is interesting. Like, and I think we've talked about this before, sort of like how the MCU and Marvel continuity kind of like talk to each other. Right. And how that's kind of evolved over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, right. As the movies have sort of taken off. So, um, yeah, like Phil Coulson being a great example of that, right? Like, yeah. you know, he didn't exist in the comics before and now he does as a result of the movies. So it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of wanted to, you know, I, part of me from a nostalgic standpoint wants to recommend at least like to look at the Nick Fury and his Howland commandos, but it's a little rough to read. And it's just, it's kind of interesting just to kind of look at and be like, yep, that's it. You know, but it's the art is hit and miss and, and it's not great. (laughs) It's, it's, it's nostalgic and it's a little hard to read the story. It's all over the place in terms of war stuff. Um, I do really, really like, and I would recommend at least it's, and it's a short series. It's only 15 issues which is the nick fury agents of shield that's the with the really cool steranko covers and it kind of goes into this character scorpio and like his his alter ego scorpio and everything like that so that's a really fun one because it kind of shows nick fury as a secret agent and how he's this really suave and you know like all like shield is comes along and it's just it's very 60s like um just just the covers alone are worth looking at they're they're really fun but those are my recommendations. It, either the Masterworks Agents of Shield or the Shield Omnibus or the Agents of Shield 15 issue series, which is I think is part of the Omnibus anyway. So, um, Jeremy, do you have any grails uh, for Nick Fury? I do actually. Um, I have Strange Tales 135, <laughs> which, uh, which nice. is Nick Fury's the first, first appearance of Nick Fury as the as the agent. Yes, as Age of Shield, um, which That's was in uh, Strange Tales uh, 135, May 4th, 1965. Um, so oh, I do dang. have that issue as part now, of you got my... that because of Doctor Strange. Correct. Correct. Yeah, because you're collecting uh, all of Doctor Strange. But that's yeah. that's really awesome. So that's kind of not his first appearance, but it's definitely like a seminal appearance. Yeah, exactly. So and and you know it has you know a lot of the Strange Tales covers that feature sure. Nick Fury too are, are very you know very action packed again very like James Bond kind of spy uh, you know energy to it. But yeah, um, Strange Tales one thirty five is in my boxes. So that's that's awesome. What about you? Do you have uh, a Grail to share? I, I wish I said I wish I could say I had something really you know, old like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have ultimates number one and he's in that. I know it's not his first appearance in the ultimates line, but um, that's, that's what I got. So I'd, I'd have to go through and 
Trying to see if there's anything else that I have. Yeah. I'm terrible at grails. I'm not the collector here. You and Lance are the collectors. No, that's fine. That's fine. You don't but, have to um, you don't have to have the grails all the time. It's, it's just good it's, to know what people you know, people are collecting. Yeah. They know what they look for, right? Yeah. So it's all good. Um, I do have, however, some random facts. Fury takes a formula called the Infinity Formula, which we've talked about, that slows his aging and gives him a long life. Now, Dr. Sternberg, the the person that gives him this formula uh, after he does it realizes that fury needs this in order to not only survive, but to stay young. So this starts a 30 year process of extorting money from fury who would die if he doesn't receive an annual dose of the infinity formula. Eventually though, Nick fury does stop taking the dosage and rapidly ages to an old man. Dr. Sternberg is kind of a jerk for this, but you know, I guess fury in some ways was also kind of a jerk too. So uh, that that's interesting that it's it went on for a long time, but eventually he has to go to this doctor's like, here's your money. Just to, yeah, just to add to this, so that so actually on this, um, Stan Lee hated this part of oh, the story. Yeah. By the way, yeah. So basically, um, Stanley hated the story primarily because it showed Nick Fury to be more morally ambiguous than he thought the character should be. Uh, and it said, uh, Jim Starlin is quoted as saying, I had Fury embezzling funds so he could get the, this formula that would extend his life. So he had to like, you know, Fury had to do some things to arrange to get the funds to get the infinity formula from Sternberg. And uh, Stan was so upset by it that he said it would never be used in Marvel oh. continuity or ever reprinted. Like he was wow. really upset about it. Uh, but, uh, you know, in, and, you know, whether it's interesting because the moral ambiguity is sort of like a defining trait of fury in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, he's, he's an ultimate spy. So he lives in the gray area, right? That's sort of the idea, but, um, you know, ultimately it did become part of the explanation of his agelessness. Um, and even though it wasn't quite as heroic as Stanley would have wanted, um, it yeah. ended up entering the canon. But yeah, I just thought it was really interesting that Stanley like really didn't like it. <laughs> he really didn't like that part. Of the yeah, story. that's that's interesting. Uh, hey, hey, that's a good random fact, too. Yeah, um, added on to yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Fury is the only 33rd degree shield officer, meaning he is the only member of shield present or past to know of the existence of 28 emergency covert bases scattered across the globe. This comes in handy in Secret Invasion when uh heroes have to kind of have little hideouts yeah. and stuff Fury's like that. always like i know a place i'll meet I you here things like that yeah exactly um speaking of secret invasion during secret invasion he puts together his own team of secret recruits called the commandos including daisy johnson quake who you might recognize uh played uh, a big role in the agents of shield uh phobos yo-yo hellfire druid and stonewall and I think all of those were kind of like he pulled those in because he was like, well, all, all these characters are kind of new or all these heroes and like people with abilities are kind of new. And so therefore less likely to be like sleeper agents of. of yeah, you know, the, the scrolls. they were his they were his secret warriors, right? Like they were his secret right. faction that he activated after, you know, in the secret warriors reign. Uh, I will also note that Stonewall's father is none, none other than Crusher Creel, a.k.a. the Absorbing Man. So that's oh, yeah. another little fun plug there, too. So, yeah, interesting little crew he put together. Yeah, Druid is the son of Dr. Druid. Phobos is the son of uh, a god. I forget who it is. It's a, I forget. Uh, but, yeah, there's a couple of, like, family connections there. Yeah, Phobos is the god. That's uh, Alexander. Uh, he's uh, Ares' son. Like, he's the god of Ares. fear. Yeah, 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 the god of fear. Yeah, yeah. he's the god of fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. In 2012, the six-part series Battle Scars introduces Nick Fury's secret son, Sergeant Marcus Johnson, who is an African-American and ends up losing one eye in the series. So again, this is the white Nick Fury, and he is revealed to have a African-American son with a woman that he had an affair with years before and uh, who's African-American. So that's how they kind of take the ultimate version of nick fury and bring him in as this like secret son that 
white Nick Fury has. <laughs> um, and and eventually at the end, you know, he's described as looking like Samuel L. Jackson and just like the Nick Fury, the ultimate version. Original Nick Fury retires at the end of the series and his son joins S.H.I.E.L.D. Upon joining S.H.I.E.L.D., Johnson changes his name to the, his original birth name of Nick Fury Jr. As he and Agent Coulson appear on the helicarrier in the final page. How cool is that? That's how they bring in the ultimate Nick Fury into the Marvel Nick Fury. And he basically replaces him as the Nick Fury that we know. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that's super cool. But it, super it's cool. smooth. It's it's like it makes sense. And I like that they didn't do this weird like let's reset the timeline thing or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, despite some comments to the contrary, Fury has not had the damaged left eye removed nor bionically enhanced and he merely covers it with a cosmetic eye patch to prevent depth perception distortion. He has explained that when he needed to disguise himself, he only needs to remove the eye patch, slip in a contact lens, darken his hair, and everyone always looks for a one-eyed man. After his transformation into the unseen, Nick Fury now possesses the same cosmic awareness as the Watchers, which grants him the ability to observe different timelines, allowing him to see the past, present, and even possible futures of every alternate timeline. Crazy. That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Alternate versions of Nick Fury include Sir Nicholas Fury, Queen Elizabeth I, Chief of Intelligence in the 1602 miniseries. Deadpool visits an alternate universe where the Wild West still exists and Nick Fury is the sheriff of a town there. Marvel Zombies Fury mounts a resistance against the zombies, but is ultimately devoured by the zombified Fantastic Four. But before he's eaten, he does order Thor to destroy the multiversal teleportation device, thus saving the multiverse from the zombie horde, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then Fury also appears with Dum Dum Dugan in Transformers issue three in 1985. And I only mentioned that because we did an Optimus Prime episode and we mentioned that Spider-Man was there. And I was like, oh, he's probably the only other Marvel character that isn't there. But no, Nick Fury and Dum Dum Dugan are also part of that small thing of like actual Marvel characters that has appeared in the Transformers in Marvel alternate timeline. Nicholas Joseph Fury, agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Place your thumb on the pad. Nicholas Joseph Fury. You have three names. Everybody calls me Fury. Not Nicholas, not Joseph, not Nick. Just Fury. What does your mom call you? Fury. What do you call her? Fury. What about your kids? If I have them, they'll call me Fury. Now we're going to talk about adaptations. And there have been a several of Nick Fury, actually. Yes. Um, so... Obviously, uh, Samuel Jackson stars as the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. prominently in Marvel's Avenger. Like, basically, we know that he's in the MCU. That's sort of yeah. like the big representation that we know him as. So Avengers, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Uh, he co-stars in Captain Marvel and Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, cameos are smaller roles in Iron Man, the post-credit scene, the iconic post-credit scene. Yeah. Iron Man 2, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain America, the first Avenger. Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, and Endgame. Um, but before Samuel L. Jackson sort of took the reins <laughs> on uh, on uh, Nick Fury, there was another very, very famous actor uh, that, yeah. that tried to take this on. Really Chris, can famous. you tell me a little bit? Tell me, but tell me about this guy. A, a huge star in his own right from the 80s and 90s, uh, star of Knight Rider and Baywatch and yes. Baywatch Nights. Mr. Yes. David Hasselhoff, the Hoff, if you will, starred in a 1998 uh, TV series uh, pilot and movie called Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think it was eventually going to be a TV series, but it was not. So <laughs> but this this show, which is on YouTube, by the way, you can find the whole thing. The 90 minute movie mm -hmm. is amazingly bad <laughs> but but to his credit david hasloff nails it he is <laughs> he is so good in this role and just chews up the scenery and it's also really interesting to watch having seen so much of the mcu 
how many characters that you kind of see as like, oh, that's that character. Like they mention Clay Quartermain, uh, who dies in the beginning. Uh, Valentina, you know, uh, Allegra, I can't remember her name. Uh, Val is in this, but it's not Val played by Julie Louis-Dreyfus. It's a young Val played by Lisa Renna mm-hmm. <laughs> from the 90s. And then there's like Arnim Zola's in this. Like one of the main villains is uh, Von Strucker and like his children, the Von Strucker children are the bad guys. And they're really like, you know, the production value is it's kind of it's a 90s tv movie it's it's bad yeah. it's not great it's it's interesting you're really selling good. this you're really selling this one here chris I, i'm trying <laughs> to find the good it's it's fun it was funny to watch i didn't watch the whole thing but i just kind of skipped around a little bit but i jumped to the david house all parts and yeah. you know he's chewing a cigar he's wearing the eye patch he's like and, he, and it, but it's it's pretty enjoyable if you just want to have a cozy night you know drink a drink a scotch or <laughs> just uh, yeah drink drink a couple of scotches drink before a zima, you, start it, and you know, drink, drink a third of the one. 90s like a nice zima <laughs> and um and, or a smirnoff ice and enjoy the david hasselhoff version of nick fury because it i i would argue to say if not for david hasselhoff having a bad tv interpretation of this movie we would not have the Samuel L. Jackson because imagine if this did well and, and yeah. everyone knew about it and it would be like, yeah. Oh, Samuel, they'd be like, David Hasselhoff is Nick Fury. Yeah. Are you, wait, you're going to recast him. It wouldn't have happened. It would never have worked. It would never have worked. David Hasselhoff had studio. to have failed or this yeah. show had to have failed. He crawled so that Samuel L. Jackson could exactly. run. Exactly. Oh so, so here's to David here. Hasselhoff. Uh, and eventually we, David Hasselhoff came back and is in the MCU as as a reference in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and he actually has a little music video at the end of the movie, which is oh which is gosh. crazy. So it, maybe that's a way of like tipping their hat to the Hoff, you know, is like yeah. he's he's in there. Uh, mentioned Much respect forward. to the Hoff for an era bygone <sighs> now, but it's so good. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. So we had. The Hoff first, and then, of course, we have Samuel Jackson um, <clears throat> in the MCU. Uh, also in the audio commentary of Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, director Tim Story said the script originally contained Nick Fury, but the role eventually became that of General Hager, played by Andre Brogger, uh, as having Nick Fury would have forced Fox to purchase that character's rights. Yeah, and Andre Brower, the brilliant Andre Brower, who does tons of great dramatic roles, but most people will know as... Uh, Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the, you know, amazingly deadpan, just super fantastic actor. But and and you see that that character in in the Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer and you're like, oh, that that was Nick Fury. (laughs) Like that was kind of like their take on it, uh, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. But yeah, they're like, no, we're not going to pay the rights. We're just going to make it this generic, you know, super general kind of thing. Um, So that's why we threw that in there is because they just mentioned directly. Yeah. And then um, TV wise, of course, Jackson appeared as Fury in the final episode of season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., naming Agent Coulson as the new director. He also voiced the character in an animated version in the What If Disney Plus show. He will reprise the role of Fury as the star of Secret Invasion on Disney Plus starting in June of 2023. Uh, in addition, Deke Shaw played a younger version of the original Fury in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I didn't watch all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think I made it to like season three. And then I read this and I guess at some point in like season seven in their last season or maybe season six or whatever, they go back in time or something like that. Yeah, and they yeah. show... A, a, a different version alternate universe maybe i don't know like uh of this sort of original version of nick fury the the white you know kind of secret agent nick fury so i thought that was kind of like a, a neat little tip of the hat you know of like hey this this character was still there um in animations fury appeared in most marvel cartoons in the late 90s and early 2000s again never as a main character but just always kind of like as that intermediary or supporting cameo or something like that uh including appearances in iron man spider-man x-men spider-man unlimited x-men evolution wolverine and the x-men iron man armored adventures and avengers earth's mightiest heroes 
among many. He's also appeared in many video games, mostly in the Ultimate Comics version, in several Spider-Man games, X-Men Legends 2, voiced by Kari Payton of Vox Machina and um, Walking Dead fame. Critical Role fame, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Critical Role fame, yeah. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Lego, Marvel Super Heroes, The Punisher, Fantastic Four. In Marvel Heroes, he's an NPC voiced by Keith David, which I thought was cool. And Sam Jackson also voiced Fury in Disney Infinity 2 and 3, which is kind of neat. And he's also, if you don't like any of those versions of a playable game or non-playable game or movies or TV shows, you can read about Nick Fury as the main character in the novel Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Empire. And that's Empire spelled with a Y because intrigue. Because <laughs> that makes Because why would you use an I when you can use a Y? It gets people going. What? what? All right, so each issue, we do what nerds do best. We share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. So for today's uh, What If, we are going with What If You Could Create Your Own Secret Organization? With What ridiculous acronym would you use and what absurd hybrid vehicle will you use as a base? <laughs> yeah, so, so, of course, we're talking about the S.H.I.E.L.D. very long acronym, and there's also been S.W.O.R.D. So we were like, you know what, let's just honor that because, you know, we're <laughs> this is a great time to talk about what what organization would we come up with? And Jeremy, as as our guest, what uh, what what organization acronym did you come up with? And, and what was so, the, what would be the hybrid ridiculous vehicle that that would be the home base so so i ended up with javelin uh, which stands for just another very expensive little independent nation (laughs) 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 Um, so i imagine it's got like so much like like you know like population like five thousand, but somehow has a gdp of like three trillion dollars and nobody knows why um (laughs) You know, uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking here. Great. And I, I like the idea of like on Google Maps, basically. So the, the the vehicle is is basically the island itself is sort of like a an oversized lifesaver looking uh, submarine. So it's like this large circular like submarine. Um, <laughs> it's a floating, and- floating, floating round island. <laughs> Just moving along. So yeah, it's spinning. But, but, it just spins. But, yeah, it just kind of spins in place. But like, or or maybe it doesn't even spin in place. But like on Google Maps, like you see it, and every time you, you know other this round, large island, <laughs> just kind of floating, a big around. hole in the middle, and it goes underground, and then like it goes underwater, and it like goes to do whatever it needs to do, and and sometimes on rare occasions, if it can't like get through a canal or something, it'll like turn onto its side and just kind of like roll like a giant hamster wheel. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's all very silly, sure, uh, sure. but that's uh, that's what I would go with. Uh, I love it. Um, I think that's great. Um, mine <laughs> going with the you know, sword and shield. And I was like, what? Let me think of an, a medieval piece of armor armor. That's that's silly. So I'm calling mine cod piece, <laughs> which oh, stands for central organization of defense, potentially infiltrating evil criminal entities, cod piece, uh, this okay. and the vehicle of cod piece would be a giant building size hovercraft. That's also a stadium shape like a pointed oval which is usually what a cod piece looks like so it's it's like a big like multi-tier level stadium like like a big old you know football stadium <laughs> like if you've seen those from an aerial i'm like uh-huh. yeah that but a hovercraft version of that just hovering along <laughs> just oh going over gosh. the desert or going over the you always see it going over just like large areas of land never never in the city it just stays out and kind of like kansas or the sahara desert or, you know oh my just gosh. the hills of china you're just <laughs> hovering along not, flattening not grass, inconspicuous at all pissing yeah. off yaks just yeah <laughs> oh cod beast why would you do this um the farmers hate cod bees. um so that would be mine is just this <laughs> such a stupid it's so dumb <laughs> you wouldn't be able to recruit anybody you get halfway I through your acronym we want to invite you to a 
secret organization. <laughs> We're going to infiltrate evil organizations. You have to be a very, very, very talented spy. Oh, it sounds great. Yeah, I really love that. Yeah. Uh, what, what's it called? It's called Codpiece. Yeah, <laughs> okay. no, I'm out. Uh, pass, hard pass. Hard I'm going to go with Javelin. <laughs> so, <laughs> a little better on the resume. Yeah. Um, I love, I love it. it. Uh, so, well, thank you, Jeremy, again, for joining us and uh, for talking about Nick Fury, both versions of Nick Fury. This was a two for one. It really was. Uh, it really this. was. Thank so, you. Well, thank, and thank you again. And uh, enjoy reading some Nick Fury on your own. And definitely check out that david hasselhoff movie because it is ridiculous so it's time to close the book on nick fury so until next time this is chris and jeremy reminding you to keep your friends close but your comic books closer